Thank you. Ladies and gentlemen, the next programme will follow in just over a minute. Hey, 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 you can't do that here. Can't do that here. Quiet! The next programme will follow... Yeah, hop Shut up, I'm on the air. Sorry about that, mate. Sorry about that, mate. Well, we've got to build a prefabricated bungalow, yeah? Prefabricated bungalow. Well, I'm not moving. Please yourself. Please yourself. Let's get on with it, then. Sorry. Right. I shall just carry on as if nothing were happening. So will we. Sorry. Right. Uh, Ladies and gentlemen, mark out the the foundation. Mark out the foundation. Tim Brooke Taylor, John Cleese, David Hatch, Joe Kendall and Milotti. And here is the voice of the nation's heartthrob, John Otto Cleese, to tell you... Nashville, Tennessee. A star is born! 6th November, 1926, Wigan. Cole Rubar is born. Cole came of humble and modest parents. Congratulations, it's Quinn. Oh, it was nothing, nothing, nothing at all. Let's let's let his parents, now 68, which is a lot of parents, (laughs) set the scene for us. Well, of course, we rhubarbs have always been in showbiz. A lot of my relations were circus clowns. We always had red noses running in our family. <laughs> Isn't that so, Father? Oh, yes. My mother trod the boards and my father wore the plank. <laughs> we knew that Cole wanted to go on the stage the day he spoke his first word. I want to go on the stage. Bell <laughs> I suppose I was about four when I began to tap out tunes on the piano. June, it's only four bars. How does it go? Ba, ba, ba. <laughs> ha, he's the black sheep of the family. He'll never be a star. I will, I will. And so Cole decided to make it on his own. Are you an agent, sir? I certainly am. I've been 30 years in the business. Of course, I'm retired now. I used to have a dog act. Murphy's performing dogs. Well, sit down. Sit. 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 That's a good dog. I mean, that's a good man. Well, what can I do for you? Huh? 
Beg your pardon? No, sorry. They've really got out of the habit, as the monk said to the actress. Hey! Up, 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 Sorry, do carry on. Oh, look, I'm a songwriter. Hurry up! Well done. We'll make a poodle of you yet. But to write songs. So much the better. Whoever heard of a poodle writing songs? What an act! I'll just jump through the soup and sign here. Oh, oh, my pen's running out. Oh, dear. Bye-bye, pen. Bye-bye, pen. And so Cole set about earning his living. He lived in a cold, damp attic at the top of a 12-storey block. It was hard for him to get down to work. There was no staircase. Thank you. <laughs> but eventually he made the big jump and managed to make himself concentrate. <laughs> Though he still found writing a painful process. Oh, <laughs> Yes, well, hard work always has its just reward. That's very clear, my goodness. And at last, and at last, in 1947, Cole Rhubarb wrote...
He never forgot his parents. He never even remembered them. But then one day, Solly called at his apartment. Hello, apartment. Look, kid, you've come a long way. You've, you've got everything. Fame, romance. You see, Cole, there's some very big gangsters interested in you. Oh! I've sold out. Your new boss will be calling on you tonight. Sure enough, that night, a woman burst in his dressing room. <laughs> and then something wonderful happened. Isn't that wonderful? Hey, that something wonderful was me. I didn't know you could play the trumpet. Oh, what's an innocent kid like you doing here? Let me shield you with this thing I play tennis with. I know, it's a protection racket. You're right. Bugsy Moran sent me to blackmail you. Oh, I'm sure Bugsy isn't after me money. Seems rather a nice fellow. He's the one with that delicious red tie. That was his tongue. I can't believe bad of him. But it was true. Cole Rhubarb was being offered wealth at the price of crime and corruption. How could he accept such a despicable offer like that? By saying yes. <laughs> yes, like that. He began to make records with the backing of the gangsters. I love you, I love you, I do. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. And the rotten backing they were. Cole was big money now. Rhubarb shares were rocketing. <laughs> Rhubarb socks were soaring. Rhubarb bombs were booming. Boom, boom, boom. But then, Wall Street crash. <laughs> Cole Rhubarb fell off his bike. Oh, I've fractured my larynx. I've lost my voice. He couldn't sing. He bent his fingers so that he could only write backwards. Cole Rhubarb was finished. But even then, he remembered the old song. They smile when they are low. Take that stupid grin off your face. <laughs> Three months later, penniless, he returned to England and he sat in his dingy attic in Wigan. There was a tap at the door and another at the window and another by his bed. <laughs> his spirits were low and he was almost out of beer, but he drank and drank. Within a year, he was a waterholic. <laughs> then, seven years later, his mother sent him a note. <laughs> it went. Perhaps it will help you to start writing songs again. Keep fighting, lad. I hate to see a rhubarb crumble. <laughs> So he did start again. But of course, styles had changed and trends were leaving him behind. Come back, trends! However, let's be nostalgic and conclude this tribute to Cole Rhubarb by hearing again that well-loved favourite which echoes Cole's feeling for show business. Oh, I love the smell of the grease paint. I love the roar of the crowd. I love the opening nights, the dancers in their tights. Oh, isn't it enough to make you proud? So why don't we turn all the lights down? Help, help! Why don't we strike up the band? Throw me my old straw hat. Show me my walking cane. Oh, look, a walking cane. Oh, give me a crazy can. Yeah, where'd you want it? A show. I love a show. I love to go out every night and see a show. Oh, well, I love to see the lady on the trampoline. I love to see a stripper when it gets obscene. I love the side. Walk 
and wine. Yeah. Oh, how I love it when they throw a stupid wine. Yeah. I've even got a radio, and just now and then, I listen to I'm Sorry, I'll Read That Again. And even when the audience goes, oh. I love a show, I love a show, I love a show. Yes. Softly, they close it behind them. Yes, yes, yes. They pause and listen. 
of our listeners at home were startled by that. We realized it was unbearably horrifying. We felt we had to do it in case some of you were asleep. Carry on. The sudden silence stirred the guests. Lady Constance woke up grimbling. Grimble, grimble, grimble. What's going on? There's a man in the room. Oh, on wicked deeds. You're even better. You don't understand. This might be the end. What a way to go! Almost savagely, Lady Constance threw herself on McFergus. He moved like lightning. He escaped, but not before Lady Constance had whipped his kilt away. Well, we've seen the end of him. Next morning, we were all well on the way to Kathmandu, except Gimbling, who was ill on the way to Kathmandu. We struggled on through the desert, and then at about three o'clock, we came across a bridle path. Can you help us? I can lend you some horses. Ah, you must be the groom. Of course. We were soon, we were soon mounted, and very nice we looked too. At five o'clock... At five o'clock, we stopped at a little cafe at a crossroads for muffins and a nice cuppa. Ah, a tea junction. And at six o'clock, we reached the end of the road. Oh, it stopped. It's all right. Look, there's something here. What, what is, is it? it? A city. Oh, yes. <laughs> oh, Kathmandu, city of my dreams. Are you quite sure? Yes, read the notice over there. Ah, it says, Kathmandu, city of your dreams. Please do not snore. Remember, Sergeant Wong told us we'd find a clue to the green eye at the old cock and bull, the worst pub in Kathmandu. I wonder where it is. Sir, sir, I found it, I found it. Oh, good. Press the doorbell. Ah, swinging doors. In we go. Barman, give me a beer. We don't serve beer. Whiskey? No. Wine? No. Gin? Vodka? Cherry brandy with a mouse in it? No, 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 no. We don't say this is the worst pub in Kathmandu for nothing. All right, here's a pal. Oh, thank you. This is the worst pub in Kathmandu. There, now we're looking for the green eye. We were told to come here. Well, I'm afraid I can't help. But do you see the chorus girl's dressing room? Yes. Well, it'd be a good place to look. Is the green eye in there, then? No, but it'd be a good place to look. Perhaps I should introduce you to the high priestess of the ancient order of the little yellow dog. Would she be a good place to look? <laughs> I'm afraid not. But I'll call her over. High priestess. Hi, Barman. In a few moments, I'd obtained the information I wanted. At last, I knew where to get it. Then I asked about the green eye. <laughs> Children, help us! Good heavens! A graceful little dwarf! 
Yes, a stately gnome. Oh, 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 well, I never did. Congratulations, you're the 10,000 finisher this year. You can see it clean. Hooray! Here it is, in this box. Suddenly, Captain Cleese leapt forward and snatched it away. Ha, 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 at last, ha, ha. Alas, and I am my grasp, you fools. You blind, blind fools. All my life I'm making this moment on a year to see in search of a great yellow dog. <laughs> I know it's mine, you hear me? Mine, I tell you. Mine, mine, you fools. Oh, mine! <laughs> Winter, the false chin had you fooled, didn't it? Yes. <laughs> ah, now I can cast it aside and reveal my true identity. Oh, oh <laughs> No, try again. Oh, I'll hit him. Lady Constance. Right. I am the real Lady Constance the Cavalier. Oh. Then tell us, Auntie, who are you? I am really Tim Brown Windsor, disguised as my long-lost aunt. Oh, Captain Cleese, why didn't you admit you were Lady Constance? I couldn't do the voice. Ah. <laughs> but wait a minute. Who is this Tim Brown Windsor? It's me. Fiona. Rob, I'm Grimbling, the old butler. And, and I'm really Timothy's fiancée. It's all off. <laughs> and who's Nosebone? That's me. Oh, well, I think that's everyone accounted for. Oh, no, 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 it isn't. Masha, well did. Wrong again. I expect the voice had you fool. Right, now stand aside and let me through. I'm taking the green eye and then I plan to make good my escalot. Escape. Oh, all right. What's all going on here, then, if I may make so bold? Constable, see this man. No, thank you, madam. Not while I'm on duty. Constable, but you must charge him. Very well. That'll be twelve and six, please, sir. Constable, he's got the green eye. Well, they look blue to me, sir. Very nice, too. No, 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 no. It's in that box. What makes you so sure? Open and see. No, no, no. Oh, open the box. Oh, open the box. All right. There's just one snag. What? The dog's still attached. <laughs> and it's not so little. And it's anything but yellow. Will they escape? Is this the end of our heroes? Will they be savagely nibbled by the immense anything but yellow dog? Is this really the last episode? What on earth will we do next week if it is? Go on, smash Bye! Wombat, and another edition of I'm Sorry, I'll Read That Again. The voices you heard were those of Tim Rook Taylor, John Cleese, David Hatch, Joe Kendall, and Billotti. The scripts were by Graham Gardner and Billotti, and Billotti also wrote the songs. Isn't he a clever little thing? Mm. <laughs> the music was provided by Dave Lee, and the whole thing was produced by Humphrey Barclay. <laughs> 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 <laughs>